Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. I'm super excited to be sharing something with you today. Again, you always know that I have to give you the backstory of a message because I really do feel like Pastor was saying, the stuff just doesn't happen. There's always, um, it's not coincidence. There's always a divine way of how things happen. And so as you can see, um, we are talking about butterflies today. I was kind of excited because I thought if that's a butterfly or a moth flying around, then that is just the icing on the cake. I pray that it's not a mosquito because I will get eaten alive here today and will swell up. I, I kid you not. It's really bad. In fact, I think when I was pregnant, I would get mosquito bites somehow on my belly. Like, how does that work? It's like, you have the one blood type that mosquitoes are drawn to. Congratulations. I'm like, great. That's just great. So hopefully it's not a mosquito or a wasp, because if it's a wasp, I'm out, and someone else is going to have to preach. And so, yeah, we'll just, some, or we're just all going to leave. We'll just have to burn the place down, because it's a wasp. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about butterflies today. And actually, growing up, I really have never liked butterflies. Like, they kind of freak me out. And so, for some strange reason, recently, I've been very obsessed with the idea of a butterfly. And I'm not really sure why, if it's just been heavy on my heart. And so, a couple of weeks ago, we, at work, so I work in hospice and a big sign of grief or hospice is butterfly. It's the sign of hospice. And in fact, you release butterflies into the air whenever you are going through a grieving process. And it's because it shows new hope and new life and transformation and change. And so we were doing that at work. We were kind of building this butterfly board. We were writing the names of all of the loved ones that we've had that are on that were on our hospice service that passed away. And so we wrote the names of people and then we glued them on a board. And it was kind of this whole beautiful moment and that same day, I got this alert from Micah's school, and like of all the things to read, you know, they give us these alerts of how long he naps, which is two hours too long. And so we get that and all the food that he doesn't eat, and so we have to send him with lunch, and we're not allowed to do that. And so at the very end, it said things that the kids did today, and it said that they released butterflies into the air, and I'm like, that's so random because I didn't even know that they were growing butterflies. And so it's awesome that it happened that way. And so I had been kind of going through this weird butterfly obsession and I was with charity in the back of the church one of the days. And she was like, you know, she was praying over me. And if you know charity, you know that what she says, it's again, not happenstance. And so she knew absolutely nothing. She was praying over me and she said, you know, I just feel this thing about like butterflies and transformation and the transfiguration. And she was telling me, Judalee, that you all had been talking about that. And I'm like, that's so not random. And so I'm really glad that you're saying that because that's exactly what I've been feeling for some reason that there's this just obsession with butterflies. So I'm like, this is a great idea. We're going to talk about butterflies on Mother's Day because um, of the four stages of a butterfly, which we know it starts as the caterpillar, or it starts as an egg, really, then it grows into the caterpillar, then you have this pupa or chrysalis stage, and then you have the butterfly stage. And so I wanted to talk to us on Mother's Day about butterflies because oftentimes when you get pregnant, you do feel like an ugly caterpillar. I'm just saying, hear me out. You're a caterpillar. I don't know. Stephanie Rohr said that she could be pregnant every year for the rest of her life, and I'm like, that's insane because pregnancy is not fun. It's just not. I don't know why you guys aren't laughing. Like, you know, pregnant women, you know. It is not fun. It is joyous. It is not fun. It is somewhat pretty whenever your clothes fit and someone tells you that you're pretty and that you're glowing, but inside you're hot and sweaty and hungry and getting kicked and poked and scratched I did not know that babies could have fingernails that could scratch you in the womb until my mom said, just wait until they start scratching you. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Why would we want to go through this? And you really do feel it. And so in the caterpillar stage, all they do is eat. Did you guys know that? The, cat the baby caterpillar, all they do is eat. That's, that's all they're supposed to do. And I'm like, man, if that's not a pregnant woman, then I don't know what is because that's what I'm trying to do. If I'm pregnant, I'm eating I'm supplying sustenance to the baby, but also I'm hungry. Yes, it's 2 a.m. You heard me. I want buffalo wings and lemonade. And if you want to stay in this house, I suggest you go get it. And Teresa, if you made me chicken pot pie, but I also wanted tuna noodle, tuna noodle casserole, there better be both. Or I'm out. I can't move very quickly. 
Because I might go into labor at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, how all the weeks, right? But you better have it ready. That's like all I did all pregnancy long was lay like this big, hairy, fat caterpillar. And you know, we read that book to our kids whenever they're young. Is it the very like hungry caterpillar? That's just rude. It's a rude book to read to a child because it's like, that's exactly what I was. And so um, <laughs> I just felt like it, it was just going to stick. You guys are obviously not laughing. I thought it was very funny, the fact that when you're pregnant, everyone's like, oh, you're going to become a new person when you're a mom. And you're like, I am a new person right now. I've become the spawn of Satan because I'm hungry. And everything hurts everything and these contractions they're killing me like they're absolutely killing me in fact when I was in labor with Farah um, the pain was so bad that I couldn't stop saying the word like wow and whoa wow that was it and then her first word was wow 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 I thought wow she really did hear me in there <laughs> it's does anybody did anybody like being pregnant moms raise your hand Okay, yeah, whatever. Of course you did, Joyce. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> Miss Perfect Pants. <laughs> did anybody not like being pregnant? Not the baby part. I don't mean the baby part. I mean the pregnancy. Yes, hands go up, right? Your feet are swollen. My feet would not even fit into a woman-sized shoe. I had to wear my father-in-law's shoe out of the hospital after I gave birth to the baby. It wasn't even during pregnancy. It was after, a size 13 Nike slide. That's the only thing it could fit in. Tori would take pictures of my feet and she has them as blackmail. Like they were, it looked like I had elephantitis. It was insane. I mean, it like, it was like, I don't know, a toothpick and a tomato, but on my feet. I'm like, this is not beautiful. I smell. My first pregnancy, when I got pregnant, I was like, I'm going to do everything natural because I care about my body and blah, 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 and it's bad for the baby. And so you can't use hair dye and you can't get your fingernails painted. And there's like all these things that you can't do. Well, one of the things was make sure that you don't use deodorant with aluminum in it because that could really hurt the baby. And so I wore natural deodorant. And um, I had been doing that for maybe, I think I got through a week. And I remember Mike came up to me at home and he sat me down and he's like, you are the most beautiful pregnant person I've ever seen. Thank you. I'm veiny. It's gross. He's like, but is there a reason that you don't want to use deodorant? I'm like, I am using deodorant. It's the Tom's brand from Whole Foods. I paid like $14 for this. And he's like, we need to go back to the $5 Dove. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's honestly offensive. I'm repulsed by this smell. He didn't say it quite that mean, but that's what I heard in my pregnant mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, you think I'm ugly and smelly and fat and sweaty and the hormone. You know what? Forget it. I don't need you or that natural deodorant. I don't need that. And so then I put on the deodorant and I got my fingernails painted and then I got my hair done because it was like at that point, you know, come on, really? But it's terrible. Pregnancy is terrible and you really do feel like a really ugly caterpillar, I personally did. But they're like, don't worry, when that baby comes, you're gonna feel like a beautiful butterfly. And you really do, some of the time, like 13% of the time. You're like, motherhood looks great on me. And then you're like, but, and I'm just gonna talk real. But then you start breastfeeding, and then there's, you know, it's just bad. It's bad from there, it's not pretty. So your version of a butterfly, it's more like a moth. It's like the ones that aren't as pretty. It's not a monarch. Like you come out this new creation, but I'm just kidding. Motherhood is absolutely amazing. Am I right? Some of you woke up mad at your kids today, so you're like, ah, it's debatable. <laughs> Micah always tells me that. Like he's so smart. He'll go, parents shouldn't wake up mad at children. And I'm like, parents don't wake up mad at children until said children don't do what parents have asked them to do. Parents woke up happy with children until they pulled off their pull-up and threw it at their sister and ran around the house naked for an hour so that we are late to work. Parents do not wake up mad at children. Children make parents very, very, very upset. 
And he thinks he's smarter than me. He's like, well, you say that one more time and I'm going to throw you in the jail. I'm like, do it. I made the jail. I'm the boss. I'm the mom. I made the jail. Guess what? It's our house, which I bought for you. Throw me in jail. That's making me very upset. And he just, you know, he spin zones. Like, at what age do children learn to manipulate you? I tell you, like, two. And maybe even younger, because Farah is also doing the same thing. Like, I look at her, and she's now walking, which is amazing. Yes, what a blessing. We'll talk about that in a second. But she has, she's very verbal, and so she has learned the word nope. Not just no, but nope. And so I'll say, Farah, hey, pretty girl, do you want some cheese? And she's like, nope. I'm like, I was trying to give you something good. Nope, 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 nope. And then she sees all of you and she's like, hi, and blowing kisses at you and hugging you and waving at you. And she's the happiest baby ever. And then she looks at me and she's like, nope. I'm like, oh my goodness, she really did say, just you wait and see. And Teresa is always right because mothers are always right. And I am totally seeing that I'm getting a taste of my own medicine and it's bad. It's real bad. I pray for me guys when the child turns 13 because nope at 19 months is already an issue. Yeah, parenting is awesome. Being a mom is awesome. It's the one thing I will say that, like, there is no training. No one writes a manual. It's, you read the what to expect when you're expecting. They should just get rid of that book. It's not at all what you're expecting. In fact, lower your expectations. <laughs> like, if it's telling you to expect something, expect the complete opposite. Like, do not expect on Mother's Day to have breakfast in bed. Again, case in point, here's what Micah says to me this morning. And, you know, they're all in my room. They don't start in my room. Everyone ends up in my room after that. Like, again, please come into my room at 2, 2 a.m. That's my life. And so the other moms are like, oh, did you try sleep training? I'm like, for what? It's not like he, this is a marathon. There's no way to train these kids to sleep. Like, they're going to sleep. It's just going to be in the floor of my bedroom. Like, well, did you try the cry it out method? I'm like, they cry it out all the time. They still do it. There is no such thing as sleep training or crying it out. And then we have the parents that we live next to, and they're like, oh, our boys, they sleep seven to seven until they're seven. I'm like, well, your kids are probably pansies. Like, they're probably not very active. They're probably not very smart. At 19 months, they weren't saying nope. Micah got in trouble for pushing a kid this week at school. Part of 50% of me was like, that's terrible. Don't ever do that again. 50% of me was like, yes, there's aggression in there. Because again, the soccer games drive me nuts. As he's frolicking around, I'm like, can't we push him again? Let's have a little bit of aggression. Come on, please. But um, it, now I'm completely forgetting where I was going because I'm worried about my kids. <laughs> Man, it's you. You're the, you made me forget what I was going to say. I had a story, but... There it is. <laughs> um, so in all of this, I want to talk to not only mothers, but ladies. I want to talk to us all in general about the story of a butterfly. And so John 3, 3, we find a story about a man named Nicodemus. As Jesus was talking to him, he said something that Nicodemus didn't understand. And he told him, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus was extremely puzzled by what Jesus had said. He could not understand how someone could be born again. And to this day, most non-Christians have a really hard time comprehending that aspect. Am I right? When you say, I'm a born-again Christian, they're like, what? Is, what? Can't be born again. You're like, no, yes, I can't. I'm a new creation. They're like, well, you're only born once from your biological mom. You know, the, the progressive liberal folks like to argue that with you. They're like, well, technically you're only born once. It's like, no, I'm not talking about being birthed again. I'm saying I've been born again in Christ. Similar to the stages of a butterfly. What's awesome is that God knew, again, God knew in the things that he created that he was going to give us these like glimmers of hope. You know what I mean? Like sometimes do you ever look, I know we'd all do as Christians, but do you ever look outside and you think, wow, like God made that. 
God made that. One of the best places to do that is the ocean. You sit at the beach. Oh, let's all just take a moment to pretend like we're there and not in pontoon beach, but the real beach. Mm. And you sit there with your toes in the sand and also very hot, sweaty, but it doesn't matter because you're at the beach. And you look out and you see the ocean. And what do you see past the ocean? Ocean. And, you just, and you're like trying to find something else besides the ocean and you're like, there is nothing. You can't see it. And honestly, have you ever had that thing where you look and you're like, that looks like the edge of the world. When you look at the ocean, you're like, that could be the, the actual edge. Like we could fall off this thing. The ocean, it's so vast, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so just, it's his creation, it's just incredible. And so he gives us these glimmers of hope, and he does so in the form of a caterpillar. Does anybody like caterpillars? <laughs> okay. All right. You guys are also just very weird. I don't do bugs or outdoors or anything. In fact, I think growing up when I saw a caterpillar, Tori and I probably had competitions of who could squish it the quickest. It comes out with like yellow goo. Terrible. Just saying. We are boyers. It's not like we grew up outdoorsy. I mean, the Royal Rangers, Brooks did that, not us girls. I was like, ew, caterpillar, let's kill it. It's like, but that's going to be a butterfly one day. I'm like, don't like those either. No insects, no reptiles, no anything, no dogs, no cats, really just this clean house that my mom has made us maintain for all of our lives until the past, like, I don't know, since I had kids, right? <laughs> God did not just take a caterpillar and stick wings on it. He could have easily done that. He could have said, okay, a caterpillar at the age of, you know, three weeks is going to sprout wings, and then it's going to be like this winged, hairy, leggy thing, and then it's going to go from there. But God said, I am going to take a caterpillar and have it go through a complete transfiguration and transformation and come out a butterfly, something that we all go to the butterfly house in St. Louis at sea. We, it's not like we go to the caterpillar house. There's nothing cute about that. Like butterflies are beautiful and they flow around and they're dainty and fragile. It's not like you find a piece of jewelry or a shirt and it has a caterpillar on it. It's the butterfly people want. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So I want us to take a look at the process of a butterfly. Let's see if I'm on here. All right, so we have the first stage, which is the caterpillar. Like I said, the caterpillar, like the book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, all they do is eat. That's all they do. They're supposed to just eat and eat and eat. Similar to a baby, that's all they do. They just want you for food. So you have this egg, it grows into a caterpillar, and their whole job is to just nourish their bodies to be able to go through the process of metamorphosis and become a butterfly. So here's where it's like the caterpillar is just, it's gaining everything that it needs to be able to be strong enough to go through that metamorphic process. After that, the caterpillar has eaten all that it can. It goes into the new stage, which is called the pupa, P-U-P-A. This is also called the chrysalis stage. This is where the pupa then attaches itself to the underside of a branch and it just hangs there. I would love to do that in life. Imagine if that was your only job in life. Eat, curl up in a little ball, and just hang out. I would love that. No one else? Okay. I, I, I would like to do that. If someone said, what are you doing this weekend? Hanging upside down, just chilling. Like, that would be great. The awesome part about this stage, the chrysalis stage, is that this is where all of the transformation is happening. It doesn't look like anything is happening. It doesn't appear that anything is happening because all you're seeing is this protective cocoon. However, this is where the dramatic change is taking place. The cells that are inside of this caterpillar are rapidly changing, undergoing different transformation processes. And that caterpillar, from what it's in the cocoon, is where it will then sprout new legs, wings, eyes, and other parts of the adult butterfly body. Here's what I love about this part. The original larva cells provide all of the energy. The caterpillar then eats. All it is is eating. The adult butterfly's job is to then reproduce more butterflies, laying eggs as often as possible. 
So again, it's like that whole cycle. It starts as an egg, goes to a caterpillar, hangs out in a cocoon, sprouts into a butterfly, and then it lays eggs, and it, you know, rinse and repeat, similar to us as mothers. Not as many eggs as we're laying as possible. Please don't do that. But, I mean, some of you have many children, but it's that same process. Listen to this. The word transfiguration comes from the Greek word metamorphosis. Transfiguration, what we talk about in the Bible, God becoming divine, holy, Jesus showing his glory, is the same word, metamorphosis, the butterfly process. So I want to read us the scripture where it talks about the transfiguration of Jesus. It's Matthew 17 is the one that I'm reading from in the New Living Translation. Matthew 17, 1, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up on a mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to them. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground, and Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they only saw Jesus. As they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. We just saw the transfiguration of Christ. Jesus became divine. He became holy. That same word derived from the Greek word metamorphosis, similar to a butterfly. Think about this as, you've, again, you've seen the pictures of the stages of the process, the egg, the larva, the cocoon, and the adult butterfly. Here's what's awesome. If you were to take this cocoon and cut it on the inside at just the right time, caterpillar soup or like an ooze would come out. I think that's amazing because I think about that at the spiritual journey or like what we go through in life as we're kind of in that um, cavern or kind of that cave aspect of our life where we're being isolated, God's working on us. If someone were to cut us open at the wrong time, nothing would be ready to go. God does everything in the right time. Ecclesiastes tells us that. There's a right time for everything. If you were to cut into that cocoon and it wasn't time for the butterfly to be revealed, it would still be just nothing. What's also awesome about that is that a caterpillar can go from a caterpillar to literal like soup, soupy substance or a goo, and then still from that comes a butterfly. Does that make sense? Still, God is not just giving a caterpillar wings and that's how it's coming out. God is totally messing the caterpillar up, taking it down to nothing, and then creating a new creation from the nothingness. He's not just saying, I'm going to give you your same body, your old creation, and giving you something new. He's saying, no, no, no. I'm doing a new thing. However, He's taking the parts of the caterpillar and the energy that the caterpillar has taken in from that food to make up the butterfly. He's not wasting any part of the caterpillar. He's turning it around for good. He's turning it around for good. In fact, the parts of the caterpillar, the pain, the hurt, the bad life, the old life, it becomes a part of the butterfly's wings and eyes and legs he doesn't just get rid of it, guys. Are, are we hearing that today? He uses it. He uses it. And that's what Charity was saying to me back in the, the back of the church. She said, you know, God is using a part of your cocoon, and it's going to become part of your wing, and you're going to fly with that. Those things that have, you know, been bad in your life, those things that you've done, the things that have caused you hurt and pain, God's going to use to give you a wing. I used to sing this song back when I was in competitions, and it was Martina McBride, Broken Wing. If I wanted to win the country Colgate showdown, that's the song to do it with. <laughs> Every competition, they're like, what are you singing? I'm like, Broken Wing. Has anybody ever heard that song? Oh, it's a banger. I mean, you get out that song. With the broken 
broken wing. Like my 12-year-old self practicing every little move that my mom and dad had planned on with that song. And then when it gets to the part when it says, man, you want to see her fly. And it just gets to that part when it's fly. And I'm holding that note out. And everyone's like, woo. And you won first place at the country Colgate showdown, because those are competitions I used to do. It doesn't even sound like a real showdown. It was sponsored by Toothpaste. But still, I won with Broken Wing because everybody loves the story of the Martina McBride's Broken Wing. It's a story about a woman that was hurt. She was beaten and bruised, and she was still going to fly. She was still going to flap her wings and fly. The things that we have of our past, the things that we have of our old man, God is using so that he is going to put it inside of you, get that goo going, do great things. You're going to come out outside of the cocoon, and God's going to allow you to use that to fly. It's not going to cripple you. It's not going to hold you back. It's going to be the very thing that God uses to propel you forward. You don't have to worry about those things of your past. You don't have to worry about the pain, about the hurt, because God is going to turn it around for your good and for his glory. And he's going to do so similar to the process of just that hungry little caterpillar, just that lowly little human from Pontoon Beach, Illinois, you know, doesn't think that you have much going on, but God is like, just you wait. An amazing thing about butterflies, and I'm going to read some facts as well, but butterflies, you know, only last for so long. Like they only live for sometimes one to two weeks. I think the longest is like nine months that they can live up to. But the thing about a butterfly is they only live enough to fulfill their purpose and then they're gone. And you know, I don't know everything about the butterfly's purpose. However, I do know that when they're done completing that purpose, boom, they're gone. But they don't stop until they have fulfilled that. I want to talk to us a little bit more about this chrysalis phase because it's really, really good. I was getting my mind blown as I was studying this stuff. I'm glad that I'm not some insect scientist, though. That's for sure. Um, Because it's really complex. And so I'm going to try to put this in layman's terms for myself to understand it and also for all of you. So the cocoon, whenever you see that goo, it looks like a goo. It looks like a soup. But actually, these groups of cells are known as what are called imaginal disks. Imaginal disks. While the caterpillar is still developing inside of its egg... It grows an imaginal disc for each of the adult body parts that it's going to need to mature. Does that not sound like everything we've ever heard from the Bible, that God knows us before we were even in our mother's womb? That every bit of DNA that we have, it was already inside of our mother and our mother's mother and our mother's mother's mother? Think about that. My daughter, when she was born, has eggs inside of her that will produce so many different generations already. When she was produced in my womb, she then contains eggs that she is going to have to pass down to future generations. That is incredible. It's absolutely incredible that the caterpillar, again, it already contains those discs. So it has discs for its eyes, its wings, its legs, etc., Once a caterpillar has disintegrated all of its tissues, except for the discs, those discs use protein-rich soup all around them to fuel rapid cell division. So I'm going to read this to you because I'm not going to misquote myself. The caterpillar's new cells, called imaginal cells, are totally different from the caterpillar cells in that its immune system thinks that they're enemies and gobbles them up. So the caterpillar cells look at these new cells and they're like, attack, you're not welcome here. You're a new creation. And the old self is like, get it, get the new creation. Is that making sense? Pretty soon, the caterpillar's immune system cannot destroy them fast enough. More and more and more and more and more and more of these cells survive, making the amazing things happen. The tiny, lonely, imaginal cells start to clump together, resonating together at the same frequency, passing information from one another. Sounds an awful lot like discipleship, doesn't it? 
One cell has good news. It passes it to another. Suddenly, we're clumping together. We're telling other people. Rhonda and I are together. We're telling pastor. Pastor's telling Judah Lee. Now we're all a unit. We continue to pass that. It's discipleship. It's the great commission. It's going and telling the good news. It's being with one another, spreading that. It's infectious. That's how these cells are working together. Does that make sense? A wave of good news travels around the system, but it's not yet a butterfly. Then at some point, the entire long string of these cells suddenly realizes altogether that it's not a caterpillar anymore. Something new and something wonderful has taken place, and the realization is the shout of the birth of a butterfly. When it all lines up together, suddenly the butterfly is like, wait a second, I'm not a caterpillar anymore. God's done a new thing. I'm a butterfly. It's that realization. It's that moment in which he saves us. Same thing as spiritual transformation. You know, this gets me as well, the imaginal stage of butterflies, brace yourself, is also called the imago. The imaginal stage of a butterfly is referred to in science as the imago. Imago meaning image. Imago Dei meaning the image of God. We were made in the image of God. Transfiguration is not just about someday in heaven. It can happen today. Transfiguration doesn't just happen to Christ. It happens to us. Butterflies can remind us about not only the, death of, the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, but also the resurrection of Christ. Dramatic changes have occurred with butterflies. Ten fascinating things about butterflies, and some of them I feel like are very much centered towards a mom. Butterfly wings are transparent. So butterflies have taken on this new identity. However, they're showing transparency in everything that they do. Even if they're colored, it's crazy. They have these colors, they're sheer. It's a sheer uh, wing that can show transparency. Butterflies taste with their feet. Also kind of strange, but I've seen my sister shuck corn with her feet quicker than people have used their hands. So, butterflies taste with their feet. They live, ladies, on an all-liquid diet. That's where I'm like, I'd rather be the caterpillar some days. I'm not doing that. I do love some juice, but I need some leaves. Let's just be real. Butterflies drink from mud puddles. Also, not going to do that. Liquid diet of mud. <laughs> I love this one, ladies. Butterflies can't fly if they're cold. I can't. I'm too cold. If that is not a female mentality, pre-menopause for you. I'm not talking post-menopause, ladies. <laughs> you know, the girls that are always cold. I can't because I'm just too cold. Just so skinny and cold all the time. I just want to eat some chips. Just so cold. You guys are boring today. We talked about this, but butterflies often live just a few weeks. Butterflies are nearsighted. However, they can see colors. I love this one. Butterflies actually employ tricks to make sure that they're not going to be eaten, that they're not going to be devoured by their enemy. So they kind of pull these tricks. It's like color manipulation using camouflage. And lastly, a newly emerged butterfly cannot fly automatically. The butterfly must rest for a few hours to allow its body to dry and harden before it can take its first flight. So again, in all of this, and I know kind of been all over the place, but the aspect of a butterfly, um, I really do feel like is something that the female is going through, and not just a mom, but it's women in Christ. We have to undergo this transformation. And I know that there are different stages represented here today. Some of you feel like you're in the egg stage, that it's like, okay, 
we're doing this new thing. I'm going to have to go through this process. Some of you feel like you're in the chrysalis stage where like there's this caterpillar goo and you don't know what's happening, but you can feel like something is happening. Some of you are on the cusp of coming out as a butterfly, knowing that it's going to be amazing for you to take off. But wherever you are, know that the end product is that you are going to come out new. You're going to come out better and faster and stronger than you were before. Very hard for me to understand. The last couple of weeks have been, um, not going to lie to you, I had preached about anxiety, fear, and depression, and the enemy hit me hard immediately after that. Um, Mike was, you guys know you were praying, Mike was wanting to be the head coach at the school that we are both coaching at. We thought that he was going to get the job. We were excited about it. We were praying, you know, those prayers that you say very specifically, Lord, please help Mike get that job because it would just mean so much for our family and the community and blah, blah, blah. And on that was Sunday, you know, we were at the altar to get prayer. On Monday afternoon, Mike got the call that he did not get the job, that kind of a blindside situation occurred. He didn't get it. And Monday night, it was like, what are we going to do? Like, what are we doing? What are we going to do? And so Mike said, if I don't get the job, I'm going to be stuck as a JV head coach for the rest of my career. And that just means that there's professional development, like it's being stunted. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to resign from coaching because it just doesn't make sense for me to be a JV head coach when that's not what I wanted to do. And so in conversation with our family, in conversation with each other, we were thinking, you know, it also doesn't really make sense for me to coach then as well because if you're not going to be coaching, that gives us more free time with our family. I also would like more free time with my family. Coaching dance and coaching basketball takes a lot out of you. Coaches are awesome human beings, but it is a very, very taxing, difficult job where you have little to no time with your family. And so um, we both decided to step down with our positions to coach, which was very, very difficult because these were dreams that we thought were supposed to happen, things that we had prayed for that we thought were supposed to happen, visions that we saw that we thought were supposed to happen. And in all of this, God was saying no. And, um, you know, it was awful telling the girls, telling the team. But the next day, I was at home with Farah. I took a personal day to kind of figure out everything that was going on. And I, I walked out into the landing, and she started walking like not just three steps, like 35 steps in a row, 35 steps in a row. And it was like, yeah, I've, I've been a huge blessing. Something that sounds so small for just a regular child, it was a really big um, issue for ours. We weren't really sure what, what happened. And so I thought, well, it was probably my fault because I was always gone at dance and it was probably Mike's fault because he was always gone at basketball. And so we weren't really paying attention. Like maybe we didn't put her in the walker. Things that moms do say that are ridiculous, but we do mean them. Like we didn't use a walker with her. Maybe that's why. We didn't use the jumper. Maybe that's why. She's the second kid. Maybe that's why because your second is not nearly as like, you know, OCD is your first, the second, it really is that way. No, I don't let her eat off the ground. Some of you do. I watch you. Then I'm like, you're not even watching my kid correctly. <laughs> don't let her eat off the ground. You know what? Forget it. Whatever. She's not even walking. She's on her knees. We've blown through so many different pairs of pants. I thought something was wrong. Charity had prophesied over her when she was in my tummy before I even knew that she was a baby girl. She said, I see a little girl up on the platform with you and you're dancing and she represents joy. We found out we were having a girl. We wanted to name her Farrah Jane. Her name means beauty and joy. I watched last week. She came up here on the platform, and she was up here praising and dancing. And I thought, we didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't our fault. This was always how it was going to be. God knew that it was going to take this thing, this moment, to force us to look at what's actually going on that new birth, that new transformation. But when you're in that caterpillar soup, it's so tough. And it's like, God, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And if you cut it open at the wrong time, it's all going to ooze out. But when it's the right time, 
When it's the right time, that cocoon, it sheds itself off and the butterfly rests for a couple of days. It doesn't immediately off the bat become a butterfly. It has to learn its body. It has to learn what it's going to be able to do. But when it does, it is not going to stop until it fulfills its purpose. It is not going to quit until God has done exactly what he set out to do in that butterfly. Same as us, folks. It's the same as us. We're not going to stop until we've completed everything that we're supposed to do. We all know this, the theory of the butterfly effect, right? The butterfly effect. I'm going to read it for us. Just bear with me. I know I'm reading a lot today. In 1963, Edward Lorenz, he was an American mathematician, made a presentation to the New York Academy of Science on his theory called the butterfly effect, stating that a butterfly could flap its wings, which if you know, butterflies actually have four wings, and they each go in figure eight simultaneously. So this upper right one goes, the down right, the upper left, the bottom left, it all goes in figure eights as fast as it possibly can. If you were to slow down a butterfly and see its wings, you would see that they're making tiny little figure eight movements. That's absolutely incredible. But as it's doing that, it's flapping its wings and it's setting air molecules in action that in turn move other air molecules, which would influence air molecules eventually being able to influence the weather pattern. So again, it's the butterfly effect. We know it starts out, it's similar to the ripple effect kind of stirs things up and it goes on to the next one and it kind of stirs things up there and it kind of stirs things up there. Women, is that not our job as Christ-like ladies to flap our wings, to fly, to stir things up? My stirring, it's going to cause Jessica's to stir. It's going to cause Beth's to stir. Beth is going to cause Krista's to stir. Krista's going to start to have Kinsey's to stir. Suddenly, we're all affecting each other that's motherhood. That's the female mentality. It's how we were created. That's why we're better than men. Just kidding. Just had to say it. Always on mom's day. Dad's day, guy's day. You guys can get pastor. He can say whatever he wants to. We know it won't be the truth. That's why we're better. But the butterfly effect, it's what you're doing. Your new creation is going to spark something in somebody else's new creation that's going to totally affect every single person around you, but that's not how it is for the caterpillar. If you remain a caterpillar, you're not capable of that butterfly effect. You're not capable of flying. You're just capable of eating. However, that caterpillar phase, it's pivotal. It's paramount to the butterfly. Sometimes that, that phase, it's longer than anything else. And you're like, God, what am I doing? And he's like, baby girl, just eat. Just eat. Just get yourself some energy. I'm putting you in this place to just eat and get with the program. Get what you need because you're going to need it. And when you're in that cocoon phase, again, it doesn't look like anything's going on. And so people are asking you, what are you up to? What are you doing? I thought you were doing this. I thought you were doing that. It kind of seems like you're not really doing anything. And you're like, I know. I know. Sometimes the church feels that way. That caterpillar goo where it's like, you know, we're all kind of just waiting for it to happen. But when it hits at the right time, that cocoon is going to shed and it's going to be time to fly. It's going to be time to make some waves. It's going to be time to stir some things up in our society and stir some things up in our culture and stir some things up in our climate. But we've got to follow the process of transfiguration. We've got to follow that process. And if we know that that's the end goal, then we've got to stay steadfast and stay strong in the fact that we know that God is going to do it because he said he's going to do it. And his word is good. His word is perfect. And so in all of this, we have this vision. It's like the caterpillar doesn't know what type of butterfly it's going to look like. The caterpillar looks like a caterpillar. It has no clue that it's going to come out pink or red or blue or green, or maybe it has some holes in its wings, or maybe it has like a gimpy little leg. It has no clue what it's going to be. What it does know, though, is that what I'm doing now is going to affect what I'm going to be doing in the future. That transfiguration, God is going to use whatever it is. He's going to stir it up. And then he's going to use it to break free and fly. 
And so those things that we've been through that you're like, what are you doing, God? The hurt, the pain, the grief, the sorrow. He's going to use that, and you're going to be able to fly over your enemies. You're going to be able to fly over your problems, fly over your issues, fly so quickly they won't even be able to catch you. He's going to set you up with some camouflage to be able to dodge the things that are trying to eat you, and he's going to make sure that you fulfill your promise. Are we hearing that today? Are we hearing that? When we sing that song, let him turn it in your favor. Let him work it for your good. I love where it says, let him. Let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. It doesn't mean that you're going to be in this caterpillar stage for the rest of your life, or you're going to be in this egg stage or this chrysalis stage. You know that it's going to happen, and when it does, man, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Church, it is time that we allow to God to do what he said he's going to do. It's time that we allow him to show us what we are becoming, what we are going to be. If we could think about that vision, if we could think about the vision of what we're going to be, it's absolutely incredible. I know that God is going to do that with this church. I know that he's going to do that with the ladies of this church, that he's going to totally turn your situation around and that what you do and how you flap your wings is going to affect the sister next to you. And so this message is not just for moms, even though we talked a lot about how hot and gross pregnancy is. It's for sisters in Christ all over. It's for all of us, but it's for sisters in Christ to know that sometimes it feels like you're in this phase where you're not beautiful and where you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're hiding away in that cocoon. But it's going to be time that you get your wings and that you fly and that you just completely take off. And we need you to take off because what you do, it's going to affect me. What I do, it's going to affect the person next to me. It's going to affect my kids. It's going to affect the new generation of girls that's coming out. What we do, it's going to affect what they do. We all are working in part at the same time. So church, we have to wake up. Amen. Wake up. We do have gifts for you today. I know that a couple of the guys are going to help us out with that so that we can remember this phase of transformation and metamorphosis as a female, as a mom, as a sister. We have um, a couple different types of bracelets. We have a couple of different types of keychains. I think we have maybe some pairs of earrings as well, but these are going to be reminders that what you're going through as a caterpillar and in that chrysalis stage, it's not permanent. But once you become the butterfly, you're going to experience your purpose and experience your passion. So I'm going to pass it over to Pastor because I also would like to receive the blessing for the moms today. He's going to take over. But moms, we invite you up today to get your gift and stand up here so that we can pray a blessing over you, your family, your children, your children's children. Whatever type of mom you are, doesn't matter if it's biological, if it's adopted, if it's a mother that's lost a child, if it's a child that's lost a mother, if it is a mother that can't have children yet, but they're going to have children because we've seen stories of that in this church all over the place. If you're currently expecting, whoever you are, we invite you up today, girls of all ages. Thank you. Come on up and, and get... Uh... Uh, select whichever gift you would like and then stand down there. We're going to pray over you this morning. Butterflies, the butterfly effect. I love that uh, story. I love that whole book, how one little thing, it says that a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the universe that it's felt around. Uh, it has a, eventually, it makes a difference. And you are called to make a difference. You may not think a lot of difference, but you're making a difference. Those of you who are my age or older, you might have remembered a song in the year. I'm, I'm sorry, um, we're on the eve of destruction. Does anybody remember that back in the, if you, yeah, the eve of destruction by Barry McGuire? Well, anyway, Barry McGuire got saved, and not long after that, he recorded a Christian album. But one of the things that he did is he wrote a kid's song, and it said, it was called Bullfrogs and Butterflies. We've both been born again. So you heard the butterflies. Come back Father's Day. We're going to talk about the bullfrog. <laughs> not really. But anyway, we go through that process, and not everybody sees you in your fullness. But I like that scripture that Tess referred to, that he makes everything beautiful 
and it's time. Everything that comes, uh, there's a time for everything, and when it's all done, uh, like the song we sang this morning, it's not good until he's done. It's not done until it's good. And so, uh, anyway, why don't we stand to our feet, guys, and extend your hands toward these wonderful ladies up here today, and we want to speak a blessing over them. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this group that's gathered here. We thank you, Lord, for these women, and not only these women, but the ones that they represent. They represent a whole uh, history of womanhood that came from the garden, Father, throughout time. They represent those, those individuals that you said it wasn't good that man would be without or alone. We thank you, God, today that they're in their place in time, and some of them today are representing future generations that are yet to come. And so we thank you, God, that the blessing that goes from the very beginning throughout time, the blessing to be upon them, to be what they were supposed to be, to come forth in the beauty that you've created them to be, and also for future generations to affect them. God, I speak a blessing over them. And I ask God today that anything that they're facing that's difficult, any challenge, Lord, let them realize it's just through that process and that stage that they're going through. But when it's all said and done, it's going to come forth in good. We thank you for that, Father. Be with them, with their children, their grandchildren, their children's children. We speak a blessing upon them for future generations. And Lord, if they have children or grandchildren that don't know you, Father, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you begin to speak to those young hearts and those individuals today. May they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ because that's really what it's all about. That's really what it's all about. And Lord, I'm reminded of uh, the pattern of which the butterfly flaps its wings and the figure eight almost looks like a conductor directing a symphony. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for these women, that they represent a song, a song of praise, a symphony, a harmony that goes throughout all the world that says God is God and we will praise him. May your blessing rest upon them. I pray that they have a great day, not only just a great day, but a great day from here on. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, and everyone say Amen. Lord bless you, ladies. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. God bless you. Don't forget, next week uh, we'll be honoring the, the graduates, and two weeks from today we'll be doing the tailgate service once again.